This is Housebound. I'm Chris. I'm Holly. I'm Ashlyn. I'm Greg. And you're invited. Welcome to Housebound, a podcast we made because we needed company. In it, we talk about things that are on our minds. And today we're talking about the Enneagram test. I can hear you already through the uh, binary beats that bring my voice to your ears. But do you want to know what the Enneagram test is and uh, what our results are to it? So we'll get to that. I have been looking a little bit into the Enneagram test lately. I first took an Enneagram test online because I heard about this personality test uh, back in 2018. Uh, And so I'm sticking with those same results that I got back in 2018, because apparently, according to the Enneagram, your type doesn't really change over time. Maybe how you express it will, but your specific personality type is supposed to stay the same. What the Enneagram is, at its source, is it's a nine-typed personality test. So each of the personality tests is numbered from one to nine, um, and people fall across that category. The original source of the Enneagram and where it came from is unknown. Ooh, aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Just showed up. So they call it like the ancient Enneagram. But I... (laughs) (laughs) Ancient is just a really non-specific word. So I would take that with a grain of salt. However, in the early 1970s, it was introduced to a Catholic Jesuit priest who was working at a seminary in Chicago, um, and he taught it to a bunch of seminarians and priests in the area, and they in turn started teaching it among um, quite a bit of uh, clergy, retreat leaders, spiritual directors, things like that, and so it's largely been used in the Christian space, um, primarily. Because it has quite a bit of a Christian history there in its usage. So often people use the Enneagram as part of understanding themselves, um, as well as their relationship with God and being able to... The idea is that um, each of the numbers has an unhealthy side and a healthy side. So if you can move yourself towards the healthiest expression of your personality, then you are most beneficial um, to the church. And you can have um, the best relationship with God and be able to be um, in a healthy space there. That's the idea. (laughs) So already they've just like kind of taken it and adapted it for their own purposes. Because I know people in non-religious circles that do use this test uh, just kind of as a not as a baseline for understanding their employees and and, or the people that they work with or schoolmates or or whoever. But. Uh, just as kind of an idea as how to navigate the waters of such a diverse group of people and just kind of understanding that person a little bit better and, and the people that they're around on a day-to-day basis. So that's mm-hmm. that's very uh, interesting and maybe also, unfortunately, not surprising at all that the church was just kind of like, yeah, <laughs> well, some of these things are not so good. So we're going to let you know that you have to move away from that into better things. So that's that's funny. It sounds like the opposite, though, where it was the church that started it, maybe, and then kind of more wider culture has adapted it. Well, it sounds like it was it was around. And so if you're looking into different types of personality tests, it would be listed there. Right. Um, th- one of the original sources is from a uh, monk. Um, okay. Okay. That they think is the earliest source of it being used. I must have misunderstood then. Yeah. I just thought it like showed up and then the church was like, this is a good thing. We'll use it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, definitely one thing to note when talking about the origins of the Enneagram is that uh, none of these are psychologists. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) All of these are people who work as like spiritual directors. And so they're people who have a lot of experience helping people, Mm -hmm. um, particularly with like personality and emotional situations. Mm -hmm. But it's they're not necessarily this isn't founded through a double blind study and then peer reviewed. (laughs) The scientific method was not used in the creation of this test. Exactly. So 
I think as with a lot of different personality tests, um, it's useful if it works. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and not necessarily it's useful because it's scientifically backed and gold sealed and published in these magazines, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so if it works for you, then it's useful. <laughs> um so a lot of this information that I got about the Enneagram, I got from a book. It's called The Road Back to You, written by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. Um, I, if you look up Enneagram on Goodreads, which is a website about different books, uh, a lot of them will have like 1,000 to 6,000 reviews on them. So they've been somewhat circulated. Mm -hmm. And then there's this one, which 37,000 views. So it is the book on the Enneagram um, that's used most prominently mm. uh, with really good ratings, actually. And uh, it's written by Ian is the primary writer and he is an Episcopal priest. Uh, so that's kind okay. of the, the source of a lot of this stuff. So it has a, a heavily Christian undertone to it. Um, but I feel like before we dive in more, I want to know everyone's type. So we all took uh, the Enneagram test online from this random website called eclecticenergies.com. Holy smokes. This this pay, this website had like tabs at the top that was dedicated to uh, I Ching and Psyche and chakras. And as I was like looking at it, I was like, what are, what are we getting ourselves into? And then I realized it's just it's just like any one of those very many um spiritual and wellness sites mm -hmm. or or i hesitate to say the word pushes because i know that there's people that believe very strongly in them um and they feel that they embedder a person and so um it's it's just like any of that it's it's not you're not necessarily taking the test isn't dabbling in some kind of voodoo and <laughs> determining your future and aligning, lining yourself with the central pillars of whatever. But no, um, Chris, whoa, whoa, whoa! Uh, you, you don't realize that you you sold your soul at the end of that test. I yeah. In order to get the results, yeah. you didn't have to put in your Mastercard information. You had to sign sign over the paper that yeah. said I sell my soul. Yeah, mostly to, to yeah, you get your yeah. you get your test and then your top three tarot cards. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, please submit a DNA sample. <laughs> Now 23andMe owns your soul. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More so the whole signing in blood thing. But yeah, sure, that too. Anyways, yes. Let's let's discuss because Holly and I took the test and and then I went. And then we didn't talk about it. Yeah, we just did not talk about it. I read through the results of mine and the type that they said I was and a little bit about the wing, which I guess we'll get into what the wings are down the line. But uh, yeah, we just didn't talk about it at all. So. Well, unlike the creators of this test, we are going into it double blind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right, Chris, why don't you start us off? What was your type? Guys. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this test was something else. Um, and so, yeah. So as we went into the test, they gave a little, I think they gave a little warning or a pop up that's like, you might not find that all of these results for your type, your Enneagram type, one of the nine, um, completely align with you. But for the most part, most of them will. And uh, you were supposed to also answer the test not based on what you hoped you would be in the future as a person, like not something that you would aspire to do or aspire to be, but what you currently do or are or what you mm -hmm. have done in the past. And I think that that was really good because that actually helped ground me through the test a little bit because I constantly found myself thinking like, oh, I could do better. Yeah, I'll choose this answer instead. And then I realized, oh, right, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It has to be it has to be like today. Um, so, well, once we've discussed this all, or if anybody knows these tests, it should be no surprise to you at all that I finished out as a type one, which is the reformer. Um, <laughs> and the big bold text at the top of this, there's like three or four, maybe even seven paragraphs for each explanation of each type. But the big bold portion at the top of mine was perfectionists, responsible, fixated on improvement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty... 
pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah, we're all laughing because that's very accurate. <laughs> yeah, well, as I was doing the test, I saw some of these answers and I was like, oh, man, there's going to be one that's like leader, uh, strong, but bullheaded and isn't afraid to hurt other people's feelings or something. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. What what of it do you want me to read or talk about? No, I think that's good. We'll just uh, we'll stick with that for now. So Chris okay. is a one, which is. All of the different uh, types, particularly in uh, the book, The Road Back to You, have a title for them. And so for number one, the title is the perfectionist of what that that category is called. And then each number also has... Oh, so my, so the, my website put it like nicer. They tried to <laughs> yeah. make it sound nicer. They're like the, the reformer. <laughs> <laughs> they do have perfectionist as the first word of the description <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, i know yeah. i know they just tried to make me feel a little bit better about myself <laughs> yeah so perfectionist is kind of the idea there all right holly okay what was your result do you want the wings too is that important to you we'll, we'll just point? stick with the core one okay. for now okay so i came out with type number two the helper and oh. in bold is Helpers who need to be needed. Chris is <laughs> smirking because he's like, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty accurate, I think. Yeah, so it, it says here the twos are, are warm, emotional people who care a great deal about their personal relationships um, and expect to be appreciated for their efforts. You know, things who people who want to be loved. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. I would say let's let's give a little blurb about about each one as well, because I think it just helps summarize mm -hmm. the uh, the type a little bit. So uh, the little blurb for mine is that people of this personality type are essentially looking to make things better as they think nothing is ever quite good enough. This makes them perfectionists who desire to reform and improve idealists who strive to make order out of om omnipresent <laughs> chaos. Mm -hmm. so uh, it's it's very wordy and there's like seven paragraphs and it's all every paragraph i was reading was like some of it was like a little bit of a blow it was like oh frick what? <laughs> like, is that like is is that actually is it actually that bad or is that how i come across but yeah. but but it also did it, it the, the website that we did that you sent us ashlyn also did a very good job of of putting things in quotes like like they perceive this to be bad quote mm -hmm. unquote and they perceive this to be good and so and so then it helps you it helps you not feel crappy about yourself. It just helps you like analyze, OK, this is how I'm perceived or. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they did a good job in that respect. In the uh, in the road back to you, their descriptions of each of the types, they spend a little bit of time mentioning their strengths <laughs> and most of the time mentioning their weaknesses. Oh, no, because the things, <laughs> really? generally people know the things that they're good at. You know where you excel, but mm -hmm. how a, a personality type can usually help you is by knowing the areas that you could improve on. Mm. Right, know? right. And, and, and giving hopefully practical advice as to like, these are strategies <laughs> mm -hmm. that you should, can do to try to build up some of these weaknesses so that they don't uh, take over. And then you end up being a negative version of your type. For sure. The idea there. <laughs> so there is a lot of negativity sometimes within the within the Enneagram. But hopefully the idea is that when you are talking about somebody else's type and explaining that to them, you're explaining their strengths and they can hopefully work on their own weaknesses rather than just trying to point out people's flaws. Twos <laughs> mm -hmm. essentially feel that they are worthy insofar as they are helpful to others. Love is their highest ideal. Selflessness is their duty. Giving to others is their reason for being involved, socially aware, usually extroverted. Twos are the type of people who remember everyone's birthday. I don't know anyone's birthday. Hmm. Um, and who go the extra mile to help out a coworker, spouse, or friend in need. And then it says, read more about this type, which Chris clearly did because he said that there were seven paragraphs and I didn't click on that. So I don't know anything else about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got the the full sheet, the whole sheet. Yeah. Holy. Okay. Holly's got some it's reading. It's very time. interesting. I would, yeah. well, I would suggest flipping it open at some point when we go through this later in the episode. So mm -hmm. cool. What about you, Greg? What's your type? Yeah. 
so when I did the test, I had two types that were very, very close. I had done the test previously, and so the one that it spat out, Ashton was like, I'm pretty sure you were higher than that um, before. And so I did the other variant of the test, and mm. uh, it uh, it made things a little bit more clear. So um, initially what it had said was that I was type five, the investigator. So thinkers mm-hmm. who tend to withdraw and observe. Uh, but really, in actuality, um, I am a type that tends to it says males in this type tend to think that they're a type five. Oh, that's and so that's yeah. So it says uh, type nine uh, was what I got, which is the peacemaker. Um, so the little blurb is like keeping peace and harmony. Nines essentially feel a need for peace and harmony. They tend to avoid conflict at all costs, whether it be internal or interpersonal, um, as the potential for conflict in life is virtually ubiquitous. Uh, the nines desire to avoid it. Uh, the nines desire to avoid it generally results in some degree of withdrawal from life. And many nines are, in fact, introverted. Other nines lead more active social lives, but nevertheless remain to some degree checked out or not fully involved as if to insulate themselves from threats to their peace of mind. So um, and the funny thing is, my middle name is Mongolian. Um, and it actually means peacemaker. So there you go. Oh, it was accurate. Cool. It's your namesake. It's my namesake. <laughs> I don't know if my parents took the test ahead of time or what, but <laughs> anyways. Greg Mongolian Rhymer. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. So like I said, I took this test back in 2018 and I'm sticking with my results from back then because apparently they they don't change. And I, w- I would feel that because I prefer them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I took the test, um, my result was an Enneagram type three, mm-hmm. which is the achiever. And so people... Type threes tend to be focused on uh, the presentation of success and to attain validation. Whether or not they're actually successful is a totally different question, but they tend to present themselves that way regardless. Interesting. Um, So they need to be validated in order to feel worthy. They pursue success and they want to be admired. They're frequently hardworking, competitive, and highly focused in the pursuit of their goals, whether their goal is to be the most successful salesman or the best looking woman in their social circle, they're often self-made and usually find some area in which they can excel and thus find external appreciation, which they desperately need. So it's that that need for approval <laughs> yeah. from other people. So I see there's some sort of similarities here between the type three and the uh, type two of Holly there, which I, they're right next to each other mm-hmm. on the, on the Enneagram circle there. Um, whereas Holly's is the need to be, feel loved. This is the need to feel admired um, or like looked up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they need to feel that other people view you as, as successful there. Um, so yeah, that's mine. Type three, the achiever. I, uh, all of our tests also came with wings on the side. So we might touch on those uh, a bit later, but I want to stick right now just with the primary results. I just have to say that I'm really glad we all got different types. It wouldn't have been bad if we hadn't, but it makes it so much more interesting because it's just cool being able to hear four different examples rather than one oh, and three of the same kind. So that's one of the interesting things about the Enneagram. I looked at one of the websites um, that does Enneagram tests for free um, and they have posted their results of what uh, women and men, how they distribute across mm. the different nine numbers. Mm-hmm. And it's shockingly even. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So the most popular one is a nine. The least popular one is a five, but there's not a whole lot of difference in the percentage. So it seems like people are fairly well spread across, which is, I think, the sign of a, a well laid out <laughs> personality test that's not just grouping a bunch of people in one area. Yeah, that's yeah for sure. And also it speaks to like we all find things about each other and in each other's company that is very common, like shared interests and stuff. And we know that we have differing interests and different opinions on things. But it's really interesting to see that we are all 
I, at least according to this non-officially created test, uh, that that we are all different, that we're all different people, we're all unique people. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the interesting thing about this book, uh, The Road Back to You, is for each of the types, it gives a list of what it's like to be this type. So usually a series of like, I am mm. statements, mm-hmm. um, where if you connect with those, that's likely your type. But then at the end of each of the chapters, it gives uh, 10 paths to transformation. Oh boy. <laughs> Which sounds very overly spiritual. But <laughs> yeah. essentially what it is, is each of the types has what they choose to call it in this book is a deadly sin. But in in essence, it's just something that you might struggle with in this personality type. Okay. Um, And so the 10 paths to transformation is then ways that you can improve upon that item that you might struggle with. Mm. So, Chris, let's start with you. You're a number one. um, I am. The perfectionist. (laughs) And so, yes, you are number one. Um, (laughs) And so... uh, Um, the deadly sin, quote unquote, that's associated with that one is anger. Oh, yeah. So the tendency to get frustrated when things aren't going your way or uh, judgmental towards other people who have a different opinion, things like that. And so how that's expressed is describing him when he drives. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think this is used in SGI, but it probably could be. (laughs) Yeah, no, there's a there's a whole paragraph on my explanation talking about how as a one we and I'll say we because there's more than just me that has typed as a one in the world. But uh, we uh, tend to feel guilty about the anger like the anger is that bad emotion or that deadly sin um and that we do strive to do things for the better good and to like be good and and come across as good people like we have the good intention behind it but definitely when i was filling out the test some of the things were like do you Uh, I can't think of the exact wording of it, but it was something along the lines of like, do you take people's feelings into consideration when a a fix or a change has to be made? Yes, no, or partially. And on a lot of them, I was like, no. And then some of them I was like, partially, because like, man, that makes me seem like a real dink if I say no. But uh, (laughs) yeah, it it became very clear that whatever type that was going to be was probably going to fall into what I typed out as at the end of the quiz Mm -hmm. so i was like not looking forward (laughs) to that but yeah so on uh the road back to you what it's like to be a one some of the things here are are like details are important to me people have told me i can be overly critical and judgmental yeah i beat myself up when i make mistakes forgiveness is hard for me i try to be careful and thoughtful about how i spend my money um i'm really disappointed when people other people don't do their part things like that And so some of the items on the 10 paths to transformation (laughs) are... Oh, just a second. I'll get a pen. (laughs) 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 Um, Resist the urge to give other people to-do lists and redo their tasks if you think they haven't met your standards. Instead, catch people you love doing things right and tell them how much you appreciate them for it. Okay. Another item is... um, if you find yourself procrastinating, think about the reason why. Are you reluctant to get going on a task or project because you're afraid you won't be able to accomplish it perfectly? Another thing is pick up a hobby you enjoy, but you are not especially good at doing and just do it for the love of it. Another item is forgive yourself and others for mistakes. Everybody makes them. So do you th- feel like those things connect with you? Uh, yeah, some of them, like some of them are spot on. Some of them I feel they're like mid, they're like partially there. Like I know that it said you wouldn't feel necessarily connected to everything, which is where the wings come in. But for the, for the most part, everything that I'm reading about this, some of it was like a punch to the gut. Like I said earlier, like Frick, that's, that's almost me to a T in a lot of situations. And, and I immediately thought of it as a bad thing. But again, like I said, the website tried to do a pretty good job of steering you away from 
having negative outcomes. So um, it's mostly just me realizing or confronting things about myself that I don't like and realizing I have to change them. And you could you could not like things about yourself that aren't negative. You could just like things that you perceive as negative. And so um, that doesn't necessarily mean everybody has that bad view or that other view of you. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it's it's pretty accurate. I'd say it's pretty <laughs> accurate. <laughs> All right, we're I'll, I'll be done with uh, grilling you for now and we'll move on to Holly. <laughs> A little break. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to like mine very yeah. much either. <laughs> so Holly, your type was two, which mm-hmm. um, in the road back to you, they call that one the helper. Because mm-hmm. um, it's not just about trying to receive love. It's that you legitimately want to help other people and see them succeed. Um, so some of the things on what it's like to be a two is I am a great listener. And I remember the stories that make up people's lives. I mean, we've already talked about your memory, so maybe not so much the second half, but we'll go with the first half. It's, it's actually quite interesting, though, if you talk to me about somebody's story or even a movie or something like that. I remember those significantly more than my own life. Like, mm. my oh, own really? life doesn't matter very much, but knowing a story that was important to somebody else. Mm. I I might not remember every single detail of it, but I'll be able to remember like this. These are the big points Mm. of whatever that was that you told me about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So other things on what it's like to be a two. Um, I care a great deal about what people think of me. I'm more comfortable giving than receiving. Um, Even people I don't know share deep stuff about their lives with me. Um, People think I'm psychic because I usually know what other people need or want. I'm a great listener. Yeah, things like that. Do you feel like that connects with you? Uh, some of them. I do think that I am good at listening. I do like to receive just as much as I give. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not quite as much, but like, mm-hmm. but it, it feels real good when people give you good feedback or whatever um there was something in the middle that i was like no that's not me at all Mm -hmm. i don't remember what it was though so the of the deadly sins Mm -hmm. (laughs) that they relate to each of the types Mm -hmm. on number two it's pride Mm -hmm. which seems strange for a type that's more like selfless and helpful for other people but the, what they say here is the sin of pride comes into play in the way that twos believe other people are more needy than they are and that they alone know what's best and what others require. They relish in the myth of their own indispensability. So different from anger mm-hmm. <laughs> on that one. Um, and then on their 10 paths to transformation for a two, they have a few different suggestions. So rather than hinting at your needs or leaving it to others to figure them out, try telling them directly. Mm -hmm. When the urge to rescue or help um, overwhelms you, ask yourself, is this mine to do? And if you're not sure, talk it over with a trusted friend. When you realize you've fallen back into the typical behaviors of your number, generally ask yourself, what would I have to feel if I wasn't flattering or meeting this person's needs right now? And whenever possible, perform acts of anonymous service. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that connects with you at all? Uh, yeah, like some of them do. I think so. My wings are balanced on either side of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how common that is or not. But um, there are some of these things that definitely counteract in, in the wings, counteract what my actual core type is. And the scores that I got for my wings... We're, we're also quite high. Um, and so it's interesting, like the sin of pride. I definitely know that I struggle with pride and I definitely am like, no, I know what you're thinking and this is what you need. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a problem. Uh, and some of the things that you said that are like things to do, I've already noticed in our marriage that I have to, I have to do. I ha- I can't just... Hmm. think that Chris is going to know what I want or need. And I have started, well, even years ago, I started saying exactly what I need or 
this is yeah. this is what I want. <laughs> when I actually have a want or need, um, that doesn't apply to food because I don't ever know what I want to eat. Um, <laughs> who does? Who does? Yeah. But yeah, definitely some of them are very typical for mm-hmm. my life, for sure. Yeah. Are you a fellow creative and you're asking yourself, where did they get that absolutely banging intro music for their podcast because you want some for your own project? Well, we found it on Soundstripe, a royalty-free music licensing site with thousands of songs and updates to that library nearly each week. Even better than their high-quality content is their sound effects and stock video libraries that they've just added. And better still, you can get 10% off your first subscription when you use our coupon code HOUSEBOUND10. That's HOUSEBOUND10. That's it. Check out all that Soundstripe has to offer today by heading to soundstripe.com or clicking the link in the description. Happy creating. Cool. Well, we'll move on to uh, move on to Greg. So, Greg, are you going with number nine as what you think is your type? Yeah, I'll go with number nine. I yeah, it's interesting. I'll I'll have to hear what the the weakness is and see how it relates but um it was interesting listening to hollies because i was like there's definitely some uh of those tendencies and even in my own self that i'm like ah mm-hmm. that's probably a part of it too so but uh yeah i think what was your other though. type that you would all that you got either a few years ago or whatever? uh so type nine i think is what i got a few years ago and then type nine was what i got when i redid the test a second time uh this week but type five was what it originally had spat out but it was like super close to type nine so yeah okay just curious yeah so on the list of what it's like to be a nine there's a number of different things but just a few of them are um i'll do almost anything to avoid conflict i tend to procrastinate people see me people seem to want me to be more decisive (laughs) i often choose the path of least resistance I find routines at work and home comforting, and I feel unsettled when something throws them off. Um, I'm quite stubborn when people put demands on me, and I don't like to take work home with me. Do you feel like that connects with you? I think all of those connect with me. Yeah. (laughs) 100%. Every last one. That's pretty epic. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, for the deadly sin mm. <laughs> of the nine, uh, they list it as sloth, which sloth. I think is really interesting. Mm. Yeah. It's my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> deadly spirit animal. Deadly spirit um, animal. Just a, just a short fact about sloths. Uh, their, their suicide rate is actually quite high because oh, they move yikes. so slow that they will let go of a branch with one arm. Oh, yeah. Sorry, accidental suicide rate, to be clear. Yeah. Um, they will let go of a branch with one arm and and not be fast enough with the other arm and then have let go of the branch with all of their legs and then they will fall to their deaths. Yeah. Just, just an interesting tidbit. Yep. <laughs> I will hopefully not fall into that pattern. <laughs> so what it says here is that for nines, sloth has to do with a desire to not be overly bothered in life. They literally don't want life to get to them. Nines are slothful when it comes to fully paying attention to their own lives, figuring out what they want in life, chasing their dreams, addressing their own needs, developing their own gifts, and pursuing their calling. So do you th- feel like that connects with you? Uh, sorry, I got distracted. Can you can you read some <laughs> of that again? <laughs> <laughs> We're really bringing out the honesty for today's Enneagram podcast. I really, I really want to bring about peace on this zoom call but it, i i unfortunately have to just admit that i was not not paying as much attention as i should have been so essentially what it's saying here is yeah for nines sloth has to do with the desire to not be overly bothered in life they literally don't want life to get to them um nines are slothful when it comes to fully paying attention to their own lives um, <laughs> there we go what they want in life chasing their dreams addressing their own needs so it's a lack of like pursuing your like 
best, most passionate life mm. and would rather just stick okay. with whatever is yeah. easiest and normal. The path of least resistance. That's fair. I think, uh, yeah, like I definitely have to push myself if I want to change something. So, um, and I know, I know the good I ought to do, but do I do it? Not usually. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, for the items on the 10 paths to transformation, um, some of their suggestions are practice saying no when someone asks you to do something you don't want to. Um, don't be afraid to have opinions and express them. You can start with the small things and build up to more important ones. I tend to express them. (laughs) (laughs) And remember that what feels like a terrible, intense conflict that you might just might just be a typical disagreement for someone else. Mm. Take a breath mm-hmm. and engage. Nice. Cool. Don't make a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting hearing like the things that you can do versus the like sin that they have it um, connected with because we're all old enough. I think perhaps this just comes with time and maturity to have, like noted some of these things already Mm. and so like for instance for greg those things that it suggested you do i feel like you do them all all three Mm. of those things were things that i like you don't mind sharing your opinion or like if there is an argument i don't think that you're panicking or something you know it's a take Mm -hmm. a breath and or whatever Mm -hmm. but and i think that that might be why there are some areas of the description that we feel less connected with because we're already working on those yeah mm. those kind it's of possible. aspects of ourselves yeah yeah no that's fair mm. uh for mine i was uh typed as a three which is the performer and so some of the things that it's like to be a, a three is i'm a world champion uh multitasker i'm competitive to a fault <laughs> i'd rather leave lead than follow any day um, and I don't mind cutting corners if it gets the job done more efficiently. <laughs> and I like other people to know about my accomplishments, stuff like that. I definitely feel like that's <laughs> some of those things really connect with me. Not all of them, but some of them do. Um, and the deadly sin associated with the number three is uh, deceit. Mm. And that's because threes will sometimes cover over or twist the truth about parts of their lives where they're not necessarily the most successful in order to still be getting that affirmation from other people and um, for other people still to look up to them. And so they'll tend to glaze over parts of themselves that aren't successful in order to keep that persona alive, which can be really harmful because sometimes there's a lot of threes in leadership because they like leadership Mm. and then you aren't leading authentically. (laughs) Because you're faking this like a level of achievement and happiness in a position where maybe you're not achieving a whole lot or you're not happy. Mm. Um, and so it gives as uh, recommendations on the 10 paths to transformation, material success and, uh, and being real are not mutually exclusive. Success is great if the person responsible for it is the real you. Don't wait until you have an affair or become an alcoholic or the youngest person in your family to have a heart attack before asking the question, who am I if not I'm not my persona? Do it now. Mm. Take a vacation and don't bring work with you. Uh, take an inventory of who and what gets sacrificed while you're frantically racing to cross the finish line. Spouse, kids, health, and friendships. So things like that. I think that is, some of that is... Um, is true for my life. But what's really interesting is that I am currently unemployed. <laughs> and I find that incredibly challenging. Um, and I don't like talking about it. It takes a lot for me to bring it up with other people or when they mention like, how's the job search going? I don't like answering that question. Because I know I can't answer it in a way that makes me feel happy about it. Mm-hmm. or makes me look successful i find it really really challenging yeah especially when i go online on linkedin and go check out all my coworkers that i used to have and see what jobs they're in now i just i get so sucked into comparing myself to their levels of success mm. um and 
complaining about that. Even if I know some of them, I know some of them in the jobs that they have, and I know some of them are not happy with their jobs. And yet I would rather be them because they look more successful than me mm. rather than in a stable position that I'm at right now, um, but not successful in the world's eyes because I'm not employed right now, which is really interesting. So I think some of that deceit can sometimes come through um, in just wanting to come off a, a certain way, even if that's not the truth. That's kind of irregardless. <laughs> so depending on the test that you take, whether it's online or by reading a book, um, some of these tests will offer this thing called wings. <laughs> and so what a wing is, is it the Enneagram is kind of shaped sort of like this star circle thing. And so a wing is a number on either side of your number that would be most similar to you. Um, and so it's generally the side of your number that you're leaning towards. That's your wing. And uh, for the sake of the circle, the one and the nine are next to each other. Mm -hmm. um, so the wings, sometimes they can play an effect um, as far as something you're leaning towards. Um but not all the time. So, uh, Chris, what was your wing? Uh, if I understood the results correctly, I think it talked about uh, the potential of leaning, like you were saying, to one side or the other. And Holly even mentioned being kind of balanced on either side. So I'm not sure how that would affect it. But the, the ones closest to the type one are type two and type nine. Uh, and so my full result was type one wing two. So I'm reformer or perfectionist, how whichever test gives you what title. But then Holly's type is my wing. So if again, if I understand it correctly, I have elements of that that might influence or supersede some of the yeah. observations yeah. of the type one. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, balanced is what it gave me. So right in the middle of my type. So I'm a helper, but I'm a little bit Chris and a little bit Ashlyn. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> and for myself, it looks like I am uh, a peacemaker, but then I have a bit of the reforming side. So similar to Chris. That number one. Yeah. Yeah. That type one. And mine was a number three wing four. And four is a type that we haven't specifically talked about yet. <laughs> but the four is called um, either the romantic or the individualist. Okay. Uh, they're identity seekers who feel unique and different. Um, so people of this personality type tend to build their identities around their perception of themselves as being somehow different or unique. They are thus self-consciously individualistic and tend to see their difference from others as being both a gift and a curse. A gift because it sets them apart, um, and a curse that it seems to separate them from uh, simpler forms of happiness that seem um, easily accessible to others. So I'm not sure, for myself, I'm not sure how much I actually connect to the type four I can, all that much. I can see it, though. Yeah, I can see little <laughs> bits of it, too. But you're right. It's a wing. It's not supposed to be dramatically influenced. Yeah. So. I can see it in the sense that before lockdown, like your ideal <laughs> was like, let's go do something outside this house and not be that normal couple that watches Netflix, you know, so or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah, I think there's probably some parts that play into it. I definitely leaned more to the four than to the two. Mm. But in the Enneagram test that I took, it gave my my next likely um, number mm -hmm. actually was the six which is called the loyalist. So it's conflicted between trust and distrust. People of this personality type tend to essentially feel insecure, even though there's nothing quite steady enough to, um, as though there's nothing quite steady enough to hold on to. At the core of the type six personality is a type of fear or anxiety. And this anxiety has a very deep source and can manifest in a variety of different styles, making sixes somewhat difficult to describe and type. But some, uh, the description that they had in the book that I sort of connected to a bit, but I, I think three wing four is probably, probably the closest to um, 
where I would see myself. So we've gone over all these results. We've gone over what your type is, what your wing is, what your deadly sin is that's attached to each of these things. There's some things that we connect with. There's some things where it's like, well, maybe not so much. Or this is something that I've already worked on in the past and I'm now in, am successful in. And so it's not something that I struggle on. Mm-hmm. So with these sorts of personality tests, whether it be Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram or uh, what color are you <laughs> on BuzzFeed, whatever it is, <laughs> with these personality tests, do you think they're helpful? Should more people do this? I don't, I don't know. This has been more insightful than other ones that I've taken. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably because you have a whole book that goes along with it. And it gives you suggestions about what to actually do about some of the flaws of your type of your personality. Um, Cause other ones that I've taken, I've taken them and it's told me things that I already knew about myself because I answered the questions and that's what it gave it the answers. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, great, that was interesting, but it did, it doesn't really change my life. Um, but having tips and tricks that I can do to make sure that I don't fall into the pitfalls of my personality is a lot more helpful. Like I can go forward knowing that I am choosing to do the right thing by being like, this is what I need now. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of being like, guess what I need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With my workplace, what we've done is we've done the, I think it's the Myers Briggs one that spits out like four letters. So like you're an INFJ mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and I think that that it was interesting to kind of see where everyone else landed. But at the same time, I feel like to define people by four different letters was actually a lot more complex and hard to remember what people were. Whereas I like this one because it's kind of like just sort of one word. This is sort of that type. So reformer or uh, peacemaker or whatever like that. I think that's helpful in terms of, okay, it's a little easier to kind of categorize. So even when hearing about other people's types, because the point of doing it at work was so that you can kind of work together better with other people and by knowing what they are. But like, Mm -hmm. I don't remember what they are and what that means, you know? And so whereas at least this this is a lot more like gets to the point. Um, So I think that that's helpful. And then, yeah, I would agree that kind of knowing where your weaknesses are are helpful and i'm always the kind of person that's like self-reflecting and i i i I feel that that is helpful for myself and i feel that those who don't self-reflect it would be helpful if you do that more so yeah uh i think it is interesting (laughs) i would maybe recommend that people do it just because uh like greg was saying it's a little bit more concise than some of the others i think it would probably be the most interesting to do with a small group of people so that you can Mm -hmm. all talk about it like we're doing Mm -hmm. and reflect on each other's and not that you have to take another person's opinions about whether or not that's exactly like you because again i will restate for the third or fourth time not all of these things that are listed underneath my type are things that I necessarily 100% agree with. Some of them I partially agree with and a few of them I don't. But again, like I've said for the second or third time, that's why there's wings, you know? And and so it's, it's just interesting to be able to, if you can do some self-evaluation and self-betterment for the lack of words, uh, I think that it kind of goes hand in hand with what we talked about regarding new year's resolutions how Mm, if you see it as less of a thing that you have to do because people are counting on you and judging you for it and just more of a thing that hey can i better myself through this then that makes you more open and willing to attempt it and to keep with it and to stick with it and and to to grow yourself and to mature uh and yeah like we are quote unquote old like we're not teenagers taking this test. So we've we've identified things about ourselves that we've seen in this test. And I dare say other people have identified things both good and bad about ourselves that <laughs> we probably have seen in these tests. So um, but I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't stress over the results necessarily. But I do think that it's it's a fun thing to do. It's an interesting thing to do. 
you should probably do it with a small group of people just to have a little bit of a dialogue so that it actually means something that you took the test and it's not just a waste mm-hmm. of your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. There's a quote in the book that says, um, all models are wrong, but some are useful. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so nothing is ever <laughs> going to work unilaterally for everybody. Um, there's always going to be some uh, some things that don't work out because each person is unique. And so trying to put everybody into nine perfect little boxes isn't going to work um not even with the wings (laughs) but what i like about this personality test is it doesn't drive you to pick a personality and then kind of stick your flag in that flagpole and wave it around go like i am this and this is the best um red yeah. which sometimes i can find personality tests do where it's like oh my gosh i'm such a hufflepuff like hufflepuffs for the win <laughs> or whatever <laughs> <laughs> but those sorts of things can kind of drive you into a certain arena and then say like this is who i am and i'm proud of it and i you know this is the best and 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 can drive this sort of like personality nationalism almost to say. Mm-hmm. And what I like about the Enneagram is instead of doing that, it says, these are your strengths and these are your weaknesses. Each type is unique, mm-hmm. but here's some ways that you can improve yourself so that you have better relationships with others, hopefully a better relationship with God, a better self-knowledge of yourself, um, and uh, yeah, things like that. So that's why I appreciate about it is it doesn't drive people to like put their flag in the ground and say like, I am a three, hear me roar. Um, <laughs> but instead saying like, hey, maybe this is something you can be working on. And this is what success would look like in that area. Mm-hmm. So that's what I appreciate about it. Mm-hmm. But I would agree with the quote that all models are wrong, but uh, some are useful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the Housebound podcast episode on the Enneagram. We want to know your types. Please email at us or send us a message on Facebook um, and let us know what your Enneagram number is. Uh, And if you've used the Enneagram before and find it helpful, we'd love to know, Um, you know, if there's any other threes out there. (laughs) So I, yeah, I'm really excited that we did this. And I, uh, I think this was a lot of fun. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, that outro was great and everything. But could you do it again and just do it better? <laughs> oh my gosh, you're such a number one. 